0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Phil Ford and Foyle's Atleti's Park the bus plan and Luis Diaz piles more pain on his old foes, Benfica. I'm LME, JJ is here. James Bench will be joining us shortly from the City of Manchester Stadium as we break down Tuesday's Champions League quarterfinal action. We want your comments. We want your questions throughout the entire episode. Please throw them our way. Que golazo begins right now. Congratulations, John Torres, on finishing first in the Que Olazo March Madness bracket. To recognize your basketball predicting brilliance, we are awarding you with a $100 Paramount Plus gift card, John Torres. Our producer, Tess Norris, will email you with all the details on how to redeem your price. And everybody, we want your questions for today as part of our Champions League recap. Very quickly... JJ, my friend, how are you? And a reminder, you are muted, my friend. So there you go. Jonathan Johnson, how are you, buddy?
2: Yeah, doing well, thanks. Uh, obviously, uh, digesting that, uh, that that late show from Liverpool, which has put them up against Benfica, but uh, no otherwise uh, good and uh, enjoyed the, the midweek slate of games so far.
1: I love it, Log. Good to have you here, Jonathan Johnson. And introducing, of course, from the City of Manchester Stadium, at the Etihad, James Bench it might be a little bit loud for everybody but James always good to have you on location James Bench how are you my friend and talk to us about what you just witnessed as Manchester City just about evaded not just one bus but about a million buses in order to get that goal how did you see it James Bench
3: yeah it's fantastic it's been a while since I've watched paint dry so um (laughs) a joy to be here to to see it no I It was a very strange game where I think for a long time you just have to kind of convince yourself that this was enjoyable and that it was interesting and you were getting something from it beyond watching a training exercise. And I I think it was quite interesting kind of seeing, particularly like kind of, you know, on social media and the, the sort of view forming that this felt like a Diego Simeone masterclass all over again. And I was just sort of sat here going, well, at some stage, you know, if you kind of want to win a football match you need to touch the ball in the penalty area and and kick it at the goal and and do all those sorts of things and um, I don't think Atleti were really too bothered about doing that ended the game with no shots ended the game just dreadfully and I thought we're incredibly lucky to get away with a 1-0 defeat Um, you just can't play football like this in the Champions League and expect to win
1: jump in JJ your thoughts on the game as James Bench is there ask him a question if you wish because from the uh, from here from watching almost James Bench I thought that exactly so and I was a little disappointed because there is such a fine thing as like two opposing philosophies going against each other in fact the Bayern Munich game when Pep Guardiola was managing Bayern Munich in 2016 you saw at the very least a little bit more Grit and a little bit more gambling. This one, it seemed to your point, zero shots, zero on target, less than thirty percent possession. I'm sure it was way less than that. I mean, uh, Man City, you know, tripled the amount of passes that Atleti had. But James, um, from live from the stadium, did you see? It, was it worse basically? Because it really seemed like, at the very least, there was no creativity.
3: It's from City. I just... I I thought there kind of was. I thought there were a lot of moments that were like... It's sort of... It's creativity that doesn't quite transfer into shots. doesn't really transfer into, like, game-changing moments. But it's just pressure. And it's pressure that any sort of athletic can't quite deal with... Any team, really, can't deal with for 90 minutes. And you did know. It was sort of like... You saw... You'd you'd look down into the bench and sort of see, oh, look, there's Jack Grealish, there's Phil Foden, there's Gabriel Jesus. Like... The cavalry was was there waiting, and as much as you do have these moments where everything you know about Guardiola and the Champions League kind of moves your mind and you think this is going to happen again, I think for more of it you were just sat there thinking, well, even the best Atletico Madrid team, the the ultimate pure defensive Diego Godín that that Atletico Madrid team, I don't think they could just cope with having so little of the ball, having so little energy and. Having their team do so little to to ease the pressure on them. I just didn't I personally I never thought it was gonna last.
2: Sorry about that. I had a bit of background noise of my own. I think when I was thinking about this City Atletico game, I, to me, the ideal score for Simeone was always gonna be come away with the nil-nil, keep it alive for that second leg, uh, you know, go back to Madrid uh and try and get a narrow win. I don't think there was ever really any question that Atleti would be able to outscore City over the two legs, it would be limiting City's attack and, and stopping them from doing that. So I guess if that was his game plan, you know, it almost worked uh, until the defence was uh, was unpicked in the second half. But I mean, it's, it's really difficult now, I think, to see Atleti, you know, sort of sp- coming into a game against City in Madrid, where they can score more than once, uh, you know. Okay, one goal will take it to to extra time, or take it beyond 180 minutes. But it's it, for for me, I don't see Atleti now being able to win this. Uh, you know, after 180 minutes, I think at the sort of best case scenario for them, they take this to extra time, uh, and it perhaps goes a bit further from there. But it's just it's difficult not to see City, uh, you know, going there and at least scoring once as well. So for me, I think. You know, Atleti's kind of plan for these two legs has now been thrown into a bit of disarray. And it'll be interesting to see how Simeone reacts to that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I thought, James, uh, you know, on paper, one nothing back to one the Metropolitano. It's not bad against Man City, right? But, you know, to JJ's point, you're going to have to do more, Diego Simeone, at some point during the course of 90 minutes in the second leg. To And to your point at the beginning, to try and kick it at the back of the net and, and do something. Do you see, in the end, Man City coming out victorious in the second leg? Or is there a chance for the Wanda, Metropolitano, faithful to, like, get behind Atleti and, and Atleti do something here?
3: I mean, I, I would say there's there's always a chance, but, you know, that's what we're talking. We're, we're, we're talking in the realms of, like, I think what we all forget about this, you know, the the the, the atletico buy-in game and... Another moments like that is you're kind of reliant on lightning striking the same person twice. You know, if you play these games a hundred times, I mean if you play this game a hundred times, Atletico Madrid will score because they didn't have a shot. But you know, if you play most of these games a hundred times, Atletico win what, five times? You know, that's it is this is not a an approach that is you know, generate winning football at the highest level. Like, I think we all kind of do get a bit confused and we fall into the narrative traps. And, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone of doing that. I just think, you know, and they are, as we said, they're going to have to take risks. And in taking risks, they will open up space. And, you know, they are there to be got at. The defense did, did, didn't look incredible. Oblack has his weakness, his weak moments. I thought it was quite poor, really, for the, the initial De Bruyne free kick, even though he cleared it quite well. So, you have to assume that City will score in the Wanda Metropolitana. And I know that uh, the absence of away goals maybe makes it a little easier for Simeone because you don't then have to score three. But, like, you know, City can score two. Yeah, easily.
1: let's not let's not forget, too, that that uh, team against Bayern Munich in 2016 is way better than the one that faced uh, Man City today. Uh, a few balanced, unbalanced, uh, mixed comments from everybody. Valentina, I don't see a chance for Atletico. Now they have to attack. And now the defence will be open and Man City will finish the job. All right, final thoughts, James Bench, before we say goodbye. So then JJ and I can take over regarding Befica and Liverpool and much more. Any final thoughts, buddy? I'd
3: be Phil Foden. I know we've kind of briefly mentioned, but how wonderful. Uh, I think it does kind of... I, I was quite suspicious that he'd make a great impact on this game because I always felt he's someone that will really excel playing in behind. But this was, you know, a great moment of get the ball to his feet, commit defenders, beat them. Uh, A real, I mean, it's not a coming, it's not an announce himself moment, a coming of age moment, because we've known he's outstanding, not just for his age, but at any age. We've known all that for a long time. But it is, a, you know, doing it on this high stage, it's, it's fantastic for England, fantastic for City, fantastic for the Premier League, and I'm sure fantastic for the people of Stockport.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Elevating his game. And as you mentioned, fantastic for England indeed. All right, James Bench, thank you so much, buddy. Get home safe. James Bench, make sure to follow his content on Twitter and read his reports later on CBS Sports as well. Bye, James. Thank you, buddy. Thanks so much. Get home safe. All right, that's James leaving. All right, let's carry on this Phil Foden chat, everybody. Uh, and Jonathan Johnson, what do you make of Phil Foden, everybody? If you're a Man City fan, uh, the uh, you know, the development of Phil Foden. As James Bain said, JJ, you know, we've known for a while Foden is a player, but I, I am beginning to see now that next step. I, how how high, you know, how high is his ceiling? How good is it for England? And how much can this take Man City all the way to the final?
2: It's huge for England. Uh, you know, obviously it's very pleasing uh, to see as an Englishman, uh, you know, when, uh, your current internationals perform uh, to that kind of uh, standard, uh, and I think it speaks volumes as well that many of us were surprised that he was omitted from the starting eleven. I mean, I say surprised; we were kind of semi-surprised because we know that Pep Guardiola is always going to, you know, do some sort of tinkering in uh, in these games. You know, the temptation to to, to overthink uh, has been well documented, uh, you know, over the years. But I, you know, I think Foden in this example, in this match, uh, you know, it was actually exactly what City needed because, you know, it was him who helped spark, uh, you know, the, the the opportunity that unpicked uh, that Atleti defence. And, you know, it's potentially a, a tie decider because as we were saying earlier, none of us really fancy Atleti scoring even more than once uh, in Madrid, uh, you know, just given sort of how stale these Simeone tactics are, uh, you know. And I think, you know, for Foden, you know, coming up in a big week for, for for City, you know, a lot of important matches at this point of the season. Uh, you know, he'll be feeling confident going into that second leg as well. Wouldn't surprise me to see him start. But to have him sort of playing at this level at this moment in time is 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 fantastic fantastic both for City and for for England and uh you know obviously the only person it's perhaps not as fantastic for is our good friend Jack Greedish who you know (laughs) sort of finds himself on the outside looking in still at uh City despite his uh Gucci sponsorship that uh that people have been raving about these last couple of days so no Foden I mean it's it's really great when you see these super rich clubs, uh, you know, still bringing through uh, domestic talent, uh, you know, like Foden and, you know, just fingers crossed his development can continue. Uh, you know, And we have, you know, arguably one of the big stars uh, of the English national team set up, uh, you know, for at least the next decade, uh, you know, who's, who's already sort of at that uh, established level where he's, I wouldn't say necessarily the finished product because obviously there's areas of his game that he can still develop. But, uh, you know, he is close to being, you know, one of the best in the world when you're talking about that position.
1: Yeah, per uh, your comments on uh, the contract, uh, the Grealish and Gucci, it seems that Angel Correa is more of a Louis Vuitton man. Uh, I-, I don't think he enjoyed that, uh, that attack. That was, that was uh, pretty interesting to watch. Here's a call to action for everybody, especially if you're an England fan, Man City. And this is pretty scary, actually. And JJ, I'll throw it to you for a second, very quickly uh, before we move on. Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Raheem Sterling. Who's most valuable to England, do you think?
2: all of them, but Grealish. Um, (laughs) I probably say, I probably say Foden in that kind of form, Um, Sterling uh, and then Grealish after No, no, I mean, it's not, it's not digging Grealish out because he's a a former Villa player who chose to move to city. It's just a genuine, uh, you know, genuine point at this moment in time, this season hasn't gone the way that he would have hoped. I mean, the debut season with a club like city is always going to be difficult. But for me, I don't see him uh, you know, being sort of the fixture for England many people expected him to be by moving on from Villa just yet. Obviously, injuries have played their part, and I'd say it's probably quite concerning the fact that the injury issues he had at Villa have still followed him to Manchester. Uh, you know, hopefully you can put them behind him at some point. But at this moment in time, he's, you know, kind of a great luxury substitute to have to bring on to potentially change the course of a game for the last 20-25 minutes, maybe half an hour, but you know, they, he's he's not really close to that England starting eleven at this moment in time. And he's really going to need, you know, another season, maybe even two uh, at City, you know, being one of their real high performers before he can be talked about as, you know, somebody who's potentially as important, certainly for club and country uh, as Sterling is. And obviously Sterling's even had his issues uh, with Guardiola over the last uh, season or so, hasn't been getting as many minutes uh, as he's been used to in the past. So, you know, for me, I think it's it's Foden by a fairly decent distance at this moment in time.
1: I agree. And partly it's because I feel that Raheem Sterling, unbelievable player, Jack Grealish, obviously on his day, we know as Villa fans how good he can be. And uh, to your point after that first season with City, I'm sure he'll grow even more into it. But Phil Foden uh, is able to capitalize on all three positions up front. He's so good centrally. He can go wide. He can even act as that striker. You know, he's so, so good. And today the goal was a perfect example of aiding three players, not making and just seeing Kevin De Bruyne for the goal. So I'm with you on that one. Myler Liverpool finished the job today and they can be relaxed for the weekend game against City. City will be under pressure. That's a very good point there uh, regarding just how both coaches, JJ, can see this very important game on Sunday as Liverpool travel to Manchester City. I wonder if these results from today, JJ, make any difference on how they're going to look at, at this game on Sunday.
2: To be honest, I don't think that this result, all these results today, uh, you know, make a huge difference because both managers know that this is a huge game anyway. They've had it marked off in their calendars for a while. Mm. I mean, we were speaking about it on podcasts months ago where, you know, sort of the gap between the the teams was, um, you know, sort of it was it was giving a little bit of a false position of the title race. It was making it seem like City were miles and miles ahead when, in reality, if Liverpool picked up maximum points, which ultimately they were able to do, uh, you know, they were always going to be able to close that gap. Now we see, uh, you know, the reality of the table with Liverpool just behind uh, City and. It was always going to come down to this match you know to potentially uh decide the title and although it won't be decided on the day with uh you know with regards to to who wins or who loses you know it's going to go a long way to deciding you know who uh, is going to have the advantage in the home stretch in this uh in this title campaign uh you know to to think that sort of city how are a bit under a little bit more pressure in okay i suppose perhaps a tiny little bit more because they're the point ahead uh you know they're the leaders they're the defending champions as well but really you know, I think it's uh, it's a massive opportunity as well for for both sides. So I'd say if there is any pressure, it's probably good pressure because they know that really at the end of the day, this is a huge opportunity for both sides to strike a, a blow uh, in this top race and perhaps uh, you know, rest back some of the some of the control uh, over proceedings from here on out.
1: Yeah, let's not forget, by the way, that even though it's three one to Liverpool, it's still just a two goal margin, and you know these things can change uh, big time. Uh, we're getting some. Uh, New viewers, uh, our audience is growing in this episode, so welcome everybody. Please like, uh, please subscribe to our channel, and please make a comment on what you thought from today. We're just wrapping up Manchester City uh, winning one nothing against Atletico de Madrid and thinking what the outcome will be at the Wanda Metropolitano the following week, of course, talking a little bit about Phil Foden, the emergence of Phil Foden, and I wanted to just wrap up. This game before we take a break, Jonathan Johnson and everybody there, check out your brackets, everybody, and see is it is it changing for you all out there? Uh, Natalie Simeone's part past his sell by date. Oh, that's a little unfair, I think. Uh, I know what you're saying. It wasn't it was ugly from Simeone today, but he, you know, let's not forget, you know, defending uh, champions in La Liga, and he's made it this far. Valentina says, "For me, Grilish is not worth the money Man City paid for him." Hey, listen, I don't know. if Me and JJ agree. We'll take that 100 million. Thank you very much, Man City. Yeah, I was, was, was going to say perhaps not
2: the perhaps not the two best judges of uh, how well yeah. spent that money was by City.
1: It is the wrong place to say that, Valentina. We think we should have paid more for him, but yeah, yes, very good point. But I think he will come good. But it was a lot of money indeed. But here's the bracket, everybody. I'm wondering if uh, you all out there have changed your mind a little bit. And we're wondering, JJ, if, uh, you know, because obviously both at our shows on HQ and Paramount+, Plus, of course, in the London studios, you know, Kate Abdo and Jamie Carragher, everybody was having some fun picking their winners, etc. I'm still going with a Man City-Liverpool final. Yes, I'm being boring in that sense. I believe Kate Abdo was the only one out of everybody that had a non Premier League. I think Bayern Munich was in the final. Do you see JJ uh Man City, Chelsea in the semi final? Is that one that you see? How do you see their chances um, against Real Madrid? I get a little bit of an early preview for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's a fair shout. I expected Liverpool, City, Bayern, uh, and Chelsea to advance from these semis. So that would be a Man City, Chelsea. Uh, sorry, from the quarters, that would be a Man City-Chelsea semi-final uh, and a Liverpool-Bayern uh, semi as well. I mean, I think there's enough question marks over Bayern and Chelsea to, to suggest that I think Liverpool-Man City is the strongest uh, shout at this moment in time. And obviously, if uh, you know Real Madrid uh, spring another surprise uh, and end up going past Chelsea or Villarreal, pull off an even bigger shock and announced Bayern, you know, that'll really put the cats amongst the pigeons. But it really does seem set up uh, this season more than most uh, for the winner to be a Premier League side. I just don't think that it'll be Chelsea defending their title for me. It's obviously we need to see a bit more from City uh, in that second leg against Atletico Madrid. I agree with the points that we've discussed about, uh, you know, how Simeone, you know, has, really has not moved on tactically for a long time now. It's something we've discussed at depth, uh, you know, over a number of podcasts. I still think that they'll make it tough or try to make it tough for for City. I just I just can't see a way that City don't score uh, in Madrid. So for me, uh, the, the strongest matchup and the most logical at this moment in time is that Liverpool City final.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm still sticking with that. Though I've got to tell you, though, the more I see of Bayern Munich and the more I think about it, it's going to be tricky for Liverpool, but uh, I think they will just about get the job done. Uh, here was our poll, by the way. Will Man City and Chelsea meet in the semifinals, which is what I just asked JJ and asked everybody there. Uh, you know, it was pretty even, um, you know. So they were saying, yep, uh, basically Man City-Chelsea, bye-bye Madrid teams and uh, 46% not this season. So we're getting uh, some mixed comments there, of course, uh, but everything points out to be that maybe the final of last season will turn out to be the semifinal of this one. Let's take a break, everybody. When we come back, we'll talk about Benfica against Liverpool. And yes, Darwin Nunez did do his thing, but was it enough? Because clearly, a Colombian named Lucho Diaz also did his thing for his new team since January. Gigo Lasso Champions League... Tuesday Recap with Jonathan Johnson, LME, CBS Sports. We'll be right back.
4: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I wanted to let you know that a week unlike another is finally here. The Masters returns to Augusta National where Hideki Matsuyama will defend his green jacket. Go join the First Cut Golf Podcast, where the entire crew is previewing this year's tournament. From storylines to picks and even daily fantasy advice, the First Cut has you covered. The First Cut Golf Podcast is available wherever you're listening to this pod. Welcome, everybody. Kigo Lasso, Champions League, quarterfinals, Tuesday recap, Jonathan Johnson, LME. We've already discussed Man City, and their win against Atleti. Let's go to Benfica, Liverpool. Luis Diaz, uh, never beaten against Benfica, by the way. Eight games, six wins, two draws. He scores two goals today. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold with a beautiful ball for Lucho Diaz, uh, finding uh, Sadio Mane. That was uh, before a Conate goal. I'm sorry, not two goals. He only scored one, but he took a hand in two, and he obviously finished the last one. Keita with a beautiful run and assist for the Colombian to do it. Benfica, though, did get one from our man. There, Jonathan Johnson, Darwin Nunez, who, hey, everybody, I just want to let you know, okay, you keep your finger, right, hold on to the end on your phone, and you'll see the little line above the end, Darwin Nunez, okay, just just a little funny advice from your friendly neighborhood Peruvian, all right, but Benfica lose, 1-3 to Liverpool, Liverpool take care of business, thoughts on the game there, Jonathan Johnson, is it over for Benfica or because of that sole goal by the Uruguayan, do they have a shot at Anfield?
2: Yeah, it's tough uh, It's tough not to feel that this one's been decided by that late goal. Um, I did spend more time watching this one uh, this evening for the for the live blog than I did uh, City Atleti. Um, and to be honest, it was a worthwhile watch. Uh, you know, some very good moments from both sides. Uh, Liverpool in control in the first half. Got sloppy early in the second. Uh, Benfica punished them. Nunez. Uh, you know, uh, as, as clinical as you can expect, sort of offsetting the sort of lack of, of contribution towards things like the, the build-up play, uh, you know, with his uh, predatory finishing skills. Um, and I think 2-1 uh, would have been maybe a fair result on Benfica, given how much they pushed just after they got that goal back. But also, I think it's probably the maximum result that would have kept this tie alive going to Anfield. Now that it's 3-1, I really can't, see any way back for for the Portuguese Giants uh you know and and Diaz he's a player that Benfica have known about you know of all of the players in that Liverpool squad that that they would have known how to prepare for you know so for him to to go there get a direct assist and a goal uh you know maybe they could have prepared a little bit better to try and neutralize him but then again you know he's an absolutely top top quality player that's why Liverpool shelled out the the big money to sign him in January you don't often have big clubs making big moves like that but obviously given the, the impact he's had so far he's been worth it uh you know and you, you Spend that kind of money to bring in players who are going to make this sort of contribution at this point in the season in these key matches. He's done that, uh, you know, and I think as well, you know, that it was a it, it was a funny evening. It was a really interesting midfield uh, matchup uh, on the Liverpool side, and I think as well, Konate had one of those kind of Jekyll and Hyde nights. Obviously, he was yeah, a hero, he got the opening goal, but yeah. it was an awful mistake for that Nunez goal as well. So plenty for Liverpool to to consider going into the second leg, but also at the same time. I don't think uh, they need to be too worried. Obviously, they can't get complacent but I think this one's beyond Benfica. You know, we were talking about sort of the attacking limitations uh, of Atleti and you know, how they'd love to have somebody as prolific as Nunez. But literally, when you're looking at that Benfica side playing, the only time you really feel that they're going to get a goal at this level against a team of Liverpool's quality is when Nunez is in and around the box, as he was, uh, you know, to, to to swoop in after that Konate uh, mistake.
1: Yeah, it's just not going to be enough, unfortunately, I feel. Maybe if it was 2-1, as you mentioned, perhaps, but a, a two-goal margin, a two-goal differential might just be too much. By the way, worth uh, talking about, um, you know, uh, our producer Desnor saying, you know, Everton-Suarez uh, lost against Liverpool, so there's Everton losing to Liverpool again. Uh, Des uh, wanted us to say that joke. I'm sure Everton fans are loving that one. Liverpool fans, uh, if you're watching, what did you make of it? By the way... JJ, and I, I'm going to ask everybody, what is your trio, right? Let, let, let's think about Sunday right now. A huge game against Man City. You obviously saw what they did against Benfica. Obviously, he's played around. But what is the trio now for Liverpool? Diogo Jota obviously didn't start. He's been doing really well as well. Luis Diaz is, you know, killing it as well. Sadio Mane, we know how he can do. Mohamed Salah, by the way, n- not, no shade to him. Like, amazing, obviously, you know, his uh, contribution to this Liverpool side, uh, one of the most important players for Liverpool. He hasn't scored a non-penalty goal, Jonathan Johnson, since mid-February. So, you know, it's been a while. Like, would you sit Mohamed Salah against Man City?
2: It's interesting because the speculation ahead of this game was that Jürgen Klopp was going to sit him for this game. And, you know, if you're sort of judging which one is, is more important, you know, you could argue that City would be the more important game. So you could could have benched Salah for this one. So now the fact that he hasn't uh, and Salah didn't score, which I assume was the, the the thinking behind that from Klopp, you know, that does, uh, you know, sort of pose this question now, whether, uh, you know, Salah will be the man to, to, to make way. Because after a performance like that, you're not going to be dropping Luis Diaz out. You know, Mane has showed his prowess in front of goal once again. So that's perhaps two of the three. Uh, you know, so it really depends on whether Klopp believes that he's going to get a big match performance out of Salah. Uh, obviously, given Salah's record with Liverpool, you can't bet against him doing that. But also, you know, does Klopp feel, uh, you know, like he wants to to take that risk at this moment in time? Because like you said, no open play goal since, uh, you know, earlier this year. You know, that's spanning a couple of months now. He's looking a bit tired at the moment, obviously had, uh, you know, Africa Cup of Nations, then the African World Cup qualifiers as well. Double, uh, you know, heartbreak there.
1: Does so, the contract you know, thing have something to do with it, John? Oh, of course. Of course,
2: thing? the the contract situation as well is something that's still dragging on. So this, the, there's a lot that's obviously going to be going on uh, in Salah's mind at this moment in time. Uh, you know, and there is a lot of logic to, to you asking whether, uh, you know, Klopp might, uh, might bench him for this one. But then again, also at the same time, you know, when you need a, a, a moment of magic or somebody to find that goal, you know, Salah more often than not has been that guy. So, you know, Klopp, he's lucky to have a, a lot of fantastic attacking options at his disposal. Uh, but it would be a big call as well, uh, you know, if he benches Salah now. I, I feel like there would be less of a reaction if he had done it tonight against Benfica than if he does it against City.
1: What do you think, everybody? Should Salah be but be- I know it sounds ridiculous, especially because the other game against Man City, he produced some sublime magic and obviously we know how amazing Mohamed Salah is nobody's denying that nobody's doubting that nobody's criticizing everything that he has given to Liverpool having said that he right now in accordance to what club has at his disposal and what Jonathan has just been saying you know should he start against Man City it's an honest question Diogo Jota Firmino can also produce and also be that sort of uh, connector between the midfield and up front as well Sadio Mane Luis Diaz, who's absolutely killing it right now. Maybe what uh, Salah needs, uh, JJ, is like, you know, that fire once again. What Klopp says, look, I'm going to sit you. And then when he puts him on in the 70th minute or whatever, then Mohamed Salah shows why he belongs in the starting 11, why he's one of the best players in the world. Maybe that's the kind of like push and adrenaline and motivation that a player like Mohamed Salah needs right now because so many things are going on also outside of the game. Yeah,
2: very possibly. But also, I think at the same time, you know, when you've got sort of that mental baggage that comes with speculation about your future, uh, you know, sort of surrounding every game being, you know, delved into in, in absolutely minute detail. Uh, you know, I, I think the only thing that's really going to resolve this this sort of cold snap that Salah is going through is A, the end of the season arriving and B, uh, you know, making a definitive decision on his future. And, you know, it, it seems to me like the the smart move would be to extend uh, with Liverpool, both for club and for player, uh, you know. But obviously, uh, you know, these things are always complicated to get done. So until that's actually, uh, you know, official and everything, uh, you know, I think that you know this this kind of iffy patch for for Salah will probably continue, unfortunately.
1: Where would you see Darwin Nunez going the summer? By the way, if you were to take a guess, he's not staying at Benfica. That's clear. And Benfica are going to want some good money for him. That's clear, too. Do you see him going? Um, obviously, outside of the Portuguese league, maybe, I, I, I don't know why, but I just think La Liga, you know, he probably wants to go somewhere where he can just feel comfortable from a language perspective. Do you see a specific place for him? Because Darwin Nunes is a player. I mean, he, he, he's a freaking amazing talent.
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, I completely agree with you. And it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of Premier League clubs uh, are in for him, looking at him this summer. Uh, you know, the the obvious fit uh, of the teams that we've talked about and the teams still in the Champions League at this moment in time are Atleti. Uh, you know, Luis Suarez is not yeah. the player that he once was. Uh, you know, why not uh, swap Uruguayan for Uruguayan? I think that that could be a smart move. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, the issues that Atleti have go much deeper than just, uh, uh, you know, a goal scoring presence. But I do think that it could be a good fit there. Uh, and I do think that, you know, he could do well, uh, you know, with a number of uh, Premier League sides as well. But like you said, in terms of sort of betting in, he's already familiar with Spain, uh, you know, having played there before with Almería. So, you know, I it wouldn't surprise me to see him go back there, but go back to, you know, to one of the the big boys.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I forgot about Almería <laughs> North Joe Felix, cautionary tale. I think he's a different player too, but yes, a uh, good point. Yes, I know, I know. West Ham, by the way, wanted him in January. Benfica said, no way, you're not getting that at all. All right. Well, listen, that's the end of our show, everybody. Uh, don't forget that we still have our preview that we taped already. That's uh, part of Wednesday's action as well, so you can get all that goodness Regarding tomorrow's games, very quickly on those games, by the way, uh, let's talk a little bit about Chelsea-Real Madrid once again. I-, I don't know about this one, JJ. I'm so conflicted. Obviously, Chelsea are so good organized, but that Brentford uh, result made me think twice. I mean, I know that they're not going to do that again, but my goodness, what-, what do you make of these two games, Chelsea against Real Madrid and Villarreal, which uh, we do talk a lot about. In the show, but not today. What, what do you make about both those Spanish sides against uh, the managerial prowess of German managers?
2: Yeah, I definitely think that the Spanish sides are the underdogs going into this one. I mean, let's not forget that Chelsea, uh, you know, did have a similar result uh, last season as well against West Brom, where the wheels kind of fell off a West Brom side that got relegated. Uh, you know, Chelsea still went on to, to win the Champions League. So, you know, this does happen from time to time. Uh so I wouldn't be too worried about that and I'm I'm just going on what I've what I've seen from Real so far this season in the Champions League. I don't think that they are elite material. Uh I don't see them uh, going much further. I mean, you know, could they outlast Chelsea and get past them over two legs possibly? It really depends on how they both play out. I just wouldn't put them down as hot favorites either. Uh you know, obviously they still have a lot of quality in their squad, players, you know, who can decide matches at any given moment, but for me I still think that Chelsea, despite everything that's been going on, on the pit off the pitch, all of this uncertainty, uh, you know, defending champions that they're, they're still at this level of consistency, generally speaking. Uh, you know, where I think that they're gonna have too much for Real. So, you know, perhaps it's uh, it's a draw on the night, but I expect Chelsea to go through uh overall over the two legs now. Via against Bayern, uh, you know, had you asked me a couple of months ago, uh, sort of when Bayern were about to come up against Salzburg. I might have said that I fancied Villarreal to pull off perhaps a, a bit of a shock result, but Bayern seems to have turned the corner a little bit, playing with a lot more consistency, a lot more confidence now. Um, you know, and I think if they can maintain that same fluidity, um, I think that I don't think they'll make light work of Villarreal. Uh, you know, I think Unai Emery will definitely give Julian Nagelsmann a hard time, but I ultimately I expect Bayern to be the ones progressing here, Bayern and Chelsea over the two legs.
1: Yeah, what predictions did you give? I gave uh, Chelsea Real Madrid, I gave it a draw actually in this first leg and I gave a Bayern win only 2-1, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bigger. What do you give? Uh,
2: That is a good question. I went...
1: Because I believe, Jonathan Johnson, every time I check these uh, predictions on CBSSports.com, me and you are always kind of the same, uh, but I feel like you gave it a Chelsea win.
2: Yeah, you're right. Now I went for Bayern 2-1 VRL and Chelsea 1-0 Real.
1: There you go. There you go. So make sure you let us know what you think is going to happen tomorrow. You can also tweet us, John underscore Gossip LMH, but Que Golazo pod on Twitter as well. YouTube.com forward slash Que Please like and subscribe as we give you way more videos coming up as well. We've got some great stuff coming your way in the next few weeks, including, of course, the end of the Champions League, We weekend preview, et cetera, et cetera. Jonathan Johnson, thank you so much, my friend. Final thoughts before we say goodbye. I know it's late for you, so I want to let you just get your, get your kip. Uh, so final thoughts, buddy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Time for me to hit the sack. No, just, uh, you know, obviously delighted to have the Champions League back, as we all are, especially when it gets to to this stage of the tournament, the business end, and uh, just looking to look forward to more quarterfinal action with uh, with you guys tomorrow. And let's not forget as well, big game in the Premier League at the wrong end of the table between Burnley and Everton, which will be going on just, uh, just before uh, those uh, Chelsea, Real and Villarreal uh, buy-in clashes.
1: Absolutely, the poor man's Europa League. I believe is going to. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> that should be a great game, indeed. Jonathan Johnson, thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you
2: pleasure thank you, as always
1: everybody thank you so much for being part of the family gigolasso pod on Twitter John underscore the gossip element check I don't forget to follow us on YouTube CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app we still have this preview so you can go back to the podcast on your YouTube to check that out as well and we'll have a recap for Wednesday's action same time five o'clock p.m Eastern we want you here we want your engagement your comments etc cetera, etc cetera. we will see you next time have a great rest of your evening till then bye bye